0: Final hour of the Get Right Revenge of KG on your home of the World Series champion Texas Woo! Rangers 105.3 The Fan. Kevin Gray, Reginald Atatula. Ross Lubinsky holding it down for you. Really appreciate you joining us on Odyssey and the Odyssey app. The truckreg.com text line 877-881-1053. 877-881-1053. If you want to get in on the conversation, are going to get you caught up on the latest headlines on this Friday night as we get ready to send you into your weekend A busy one at that, and not only college football, but week nine of the National Football League. Terrific NBA action, stars in action as well. Get you caught up on all of it right here on 105.3 The Fan. At Kevin Gray Sports, at Red tool if you want to get at us on Twitter as it's been a party in Arlington all day long as the Texas Rangers celebrate their first ever World Series championship. Ross, that's how we kick off. Our headlines on this Friday night as nearly three quarters of a million people set foot in the Arlington Entertainment District to celebrate Bruce Bochy, Corey Seager, Marcus Simeon, and the entire Texas Rangers organization having won their first World Series championship they get to celebrate today. Yeah, man. Uh, It was fun to
1: watch. And like I said, it was, it was fun to see a community of folks kind of come together. Uh, of course, 105 through the fan, your home of the World Series champion, Texas Rangers. Uh, fantastic positioning close to the people at the barricades near the stage. And uh, the broadcast was fantastic, being able to see all the emotions of the guys on the on the radio. But then also the people around them, the ways that they interacted, the ways that they did not, or the ways they made sure that Brian Broaddus' hand was never without uh brew you know uh it was it was that type of uh that type of uh neighborly emotion and also y'all went crazy a little bit and i appreciate that y'all was climbing light poles and such it was fun
0: yeah it was a, a true celebration and bruce belchy thanking the fans for their support throughout this magical season
1: and hey, to you fans real quick i uh, see why I touch on it i'm gonna add a little bit uh don't don't ever think you don't play a role in this. You do, trust me. These guys uh, feed off you. We heard you in Tampa. We heard you in Baltimore. Uh, we heard you in Houston. and We could hear and feel you in Arizona. We play for you
0: guys. You're the reason we do this. So thank you very much. Thank
1: you. Marcus Simeon echoed that sentiment as well in his comments. It seems like, look, man, those players want to hear you loud and proud anytime that uh, they play at Globe Life Field, and they really appreciate it when you are.
0: It's something that when you have followed a team and you've been able to watch the journey of that team and be invested in that group of men or women pursuing a championship and for lifelong Rangers fans who have been through the agonies of losing the World Series in 2010 and then the heartbreak of losing it again in 2011 and having those memories now washed away with the pure ecstasy of winning a championship in 2023 and the fact that a man who grew up as a texas rangers fan was a former texas ranger rookie of the year and now executive leading this team and chris young took it upon himself to come out of the mlb front office to come to this team and believe that he had the formula to put together to win a championship here and then to see that come to fruition as quickly as it did Just a storybook and magical season for a team that literally went and took it this year. And for this Rangers team, something that they will never have taken away from them is that this group became the first to win a World Series for this club and this organization. Just a hell of a day capping off what was a magical, magical season for the Texas Rangers. You said it all. As we continue headlines here on the Get Right, the Mavericks in action tonight at Ball Arena. The Denver Nuggets have 48-36 with 620 left in the first half. The Denver Nuggets have been shooting the lights out uh, so far in the first half, especially from the three-point line. Jason Kidd not coaching this game. He is out sick with a non-COVID illness. Sean Sweeney, the acting coach, uh, acting head coach tonight for the Dallas Mavericks as they are playing their first game uh in the NBA Cup of the in-season tournament as Denver at 4 and 1, the Dallas Mavericks at 4-0 oh. again 48-36 with 6:05 left in the first half. Denver shooting it quite well from the three-point line so far.
1: Yeah, man. Um this was this was the first test and you're saying, look man, against a, one of these really really good teams in the league, it's a little gets a little dicey. Um, and really, where it gets dicey is defensively. And obviously, the Nuggets have knocked down shots. They absolutely have been um, almost otherworldly with the three-point shooting to this point. What's what's tough is that you know the size difference at times in the in the paint shows up. And um, this is where this is where uh, high-level competition is going to be something that the the Mavericks are going to have, gonna have to
0: you know find a way to match. Denver right now shooting over fifty six percent from the field, fifty percent from three. Um, you're gonna win a lot of ba- a lot of ball games when you're able to shoot you that well. You said baseball, didn't you? <laughs> right, I got mm-hmm, baseball on the mm-hmm. brain. Um, you're gonna win a lot of games when you're able to do that. Leading score so far for the Mavericks uh, as you look at the early box score here. Luka Doncic's got ten points on three of seven from the field. Meanwhile, for the Denver Nuggets, uh, balanced attack so far. Michael Porter Jr. with nine. Nikola Jokic with nine. Uh, Catavius Caldwell Pope's got eight so far For the Denver Nuggets Again early or excuse me Now with uh, about five and a half Minutes left in the first half Denver up 48 to 39 there Cowboys continue their preparations they get Ready to take on the Philadelphia Eagles on Sunday Afternoon in the America's game Of the week Tyron Smith Not practicing again today uh, As they had their, their Walkthrough uh, he will hopefully be ready to play by the time they get ready. Yeah, and Mike McCarthy um, says
1: he anticipates him um, practicing tomorrow, which means that he will likely play on Sunday, maybe a game-time decision, make sure that he's feeling well. Uh, but
0: And the, I'm sorry, I have to correct myself. Limited today, along yes. with Shuma Adoga, Both were limited today. Uh, game status for them, questionable. There you go. Officially for Sunday's game there. Uh, Michael Gallup was back at practice. Uh, he had been dealing with an illness. j Curse. Kurse. Uh, back at practice over the last couple of days after missing Wednesday's practice uh, with a toe injury. Uh, He was a full participant today. He has no game designation. So relatively clean injury report for the Cowboys. Obviously, the big question on the left side of the offensive line for them this
1: weekend. And just like a little note that I saw um, this week that I thought was kind of interesting that obviously could easily get missed in all of the Texas Rangers World Series championship noise. Um, Sam Williams... Has been practicing a little bit at gunner.
0: He made a hell of a play last week against the Rams uh, as a gunner. I think he can reach the top speed of almost 20 miles an hour.
1: And so he is going to be your special teams captain this week. As you know, the Cowboys are want to go into every game with the offensive captain, defensive captain, special teams captain. Sam Williams uh, will be will be uh, taking up that honor for special teams. Big boy running on the outside on punts and such.
0: Yeah, I'm happy for him. I mean, he earned it last week. I thought that was one of the more fun parts about the game last week was just the special teams and how good they were. And you saw how they were rewarded with that this week. uh, Brandon Aubrey, not only special teams player of the week, but also named special teams player of the month uh, for the month of October, uh, having made his first 18 consecutive field goals for the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, Special shout out to Kay Adams, who recognized Brandon Aubrey, she did like a whole two minutes on just Brandon Auburn, how good he's been huh. so far this season. So uh, uh, we stand K. Adams on the show. That's uh, Corey Majors definitely does. For sure.
1: Yeah, I wasn't going to say all that. But you know what? <laughs> it's fine.
0: Uh, he he has said it himself.
1: Oh, no. I thought you were talking about the other thing.
0: Oh, <laughs> really?
1: Yeah, I'm not saying all that. That's a lot.
0: <laughs> you felt like it was too much? She seemed, she seemed cool. Okay. <laughs> she seems like
1: She seems good at her job. I will say that for certain. Um, huh. a, a person who apparently was not deemed a particularly good at his job. Uh, you Have you been following Colorado as closely as everybody else has? And has, has that waned for you a little bit as we've gotten down the stretch and they've lost some games? University of Colorado.
0: Yeah, I would say uh, a little bit. Um, I mean, still, you know. One of the biggest stories in college football.
1: What happened to them? We got news today that uh, the offensive coordinator, Sean Lewis, who came from Kent State, who was previously head coach, came to Colorado to be the offensive coordinator. He will be joined by co-co-offensive coordinator, Pat Shermer, who was like an assistant. You remember where you've heard the name Pat Shermer? That Pat Shermer? Pat Shermer, who has been a head coach in the NFL, an offensive coordinator in the NFL. He was there as a a consultant. He is now going to step up as a co-offensive coordinator, and he will be the play caller moving forward for Colorado. Already a mix-up when it comes to, or a shake-up, rather, when it comes to play calling on the offensive sideline for the Colorado Buffaloes.
0: Is this supposed to help the offensive line? I think it
1: will, and Pat is going to call a significantly slower offense than uh, Sean Lewis did, which, you know, a little bit more up-tempo, and in theory, that should help slow it down, help the offensive line. Um, At least that's the theory, but interesting to see that 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 happens, particularly for a guy who... Left a head coaching job to come into this place to then, you know, kind of about halfway through the season be moved backwards a little bit.
0: I wonder how that works out for Shadua Sanders, though. If you're going to be slowing down the offensive uh, attack a little bit there. I wonder how that works well, out. I imagine
1: it makes it so he don't have to run so much.
0: Oh, yeah, because they, they just do a, a terrible job of protecting him. You know? uh, that's that's been the biggest problem for them. Look, man, it's
1: it, you can't portal an offensive line. No, no. You can transfer portal a lot. You can't transfer portal an offensive line.
0: Uh, real quick, soccer note. Didn't even see this till just now. Didn't even realize. Inter
1: Miami is what we're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Inter Miami and David Beckham have decided we are getting all of the former Barcelona players. As Luis Suarez will join the party. Do you remember what do you remember Luis Suarez for? Is there anything in particular?
0: Uh, likes to bite. That's right. You know. That's right. Yeah.
1: He'd be biting folks on the field sometimes.
0: Yeah, that's um, um,
1: also really good soccer player in his day. I mean, not to say that he's not entirely still in his day, but also he is 36 years of age, and you know what that means in sports. A little bit different.
0: Yeah, he doesn't have necessarily, you know, what Messi has been able to find in his, you know, later half of his career is not
1: many people do have it
0: in that. Uh, that and there is there's also that. right. So uh, yes,
1: two and four. You also have the additional part. Thank you. What for? For Luis Suarez, what they remember him for? Oh, oh yeah. There, there, yeah there's, there's more. Yeah,
0: there's there's definitely more. There's more. Yeah, that's that's very true. That's very true. But yep. Yeah, didn't even realize that that was happening. I was like, oh, that's an interesting soccer note. Yeah, that he's <laughs> he's gonna get, we're gonna get all the best players that used to be really good. Let's see how it works. They're like, look,
1: man, we're just gonna okay. make make Messi as comfortable as possible with all his homeboys. So let
0: me let me ask you a question then.
1: Look, they doing they doing the Bucks with the Thanasis and uh, Kosis <laughs> and everybody. We get all we all, can get all, all your boys, friends here, all your
0: boys here. But here here's the real question: Is this a sign that David Beckham feels like you know what? I could just bring any old dude around here and have them cook this league? Because I feel like in some way that's a little low key disrespectful. Suarez really hadn't been, you know. On that kind of a level, in 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 a, in a while, And he thinks he gonna come over here and just cook these cats like that. He, he was playing in Italy, like he
1: hadn't completely um, gotten out of the, out of the high levels of Europe. But no, I mean he's he's not his same self. But yeah, no, there, there's definitely there's some guys that still have some talent to them. But yeah, yeah, I, I look, David Beckham has played in this league.
0: He has. So
1: I don't think that it's entirely a disrespect type situation. But like, I think you he has an opportunity to go and get players that I think other teams in MLS are not capable to get because of – Particularly in that city. But also with his yeah. cachet. percent yes. Yes. yes, you're right with the city. Yes. It does matter. But, like, yes. there's a lot of different um, – there's a lot of different teams in MLS who would love to go and get the likes of these players, even if you look up and you go, oh, man, they're old. Yeah, well, okay. They still have an amount of talent that is, is you know, use, definitely usable in MLS. Um, and, yes, uh, Cristiano is doing a great job in Saudi – um, at his at his advanced age, because he could still score the goal, and that's really all they need him to do—just funnel it into him. But that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about Inter Miami adding another dude who used to play at Barcelona a while ago and is now going to play in the pink of Inter uh, Inter uh, Miami.
0: You think he'll ever come over here? Who Ronaldo?
1: Yeah, I could absolutely see it. But the problem is, uh, the some of I think for Ronaldo, especially as a dude who's like who has a, a level of pride. The move would have to be for money, except he's playing in Saudi Arabia, KG. <laughs> You're not going to match it.
0: Uh, no. But no, if, no, if there's no. a
1: time where he's like, I would like to live in, in the United States, then sure.
0: Um, uh, Real quick note on this from the NCAA. I'm just now seeing this. I don't know what this is, um, but I'm interested in it. Chicago State brothers sued the NCAA over denied eligibility. So twin brothers Matt and Ryan uh, Buley, former five-star prospect who signed to play basketball at Chicago State this season, sued the NCAA in federal court at the, after they were denied eligibility for receiving money they say was generated from their name, image, and likeness while competing for Overtime Elite Academy. The federal antitrust lawsuit filed in the U.S. District Court in Chicago on Wednesday accuses the NCAA of violating its own NIL policies the Illinois Student Athletic Athlete Endorsement Rights Act, and federal antitrust laws. That's interesting. So there, I I wonder how much of this, and of
1: course, I'm saying this like without having a ton of uh, information on this story, so you'll have to forgive
0: me. No, 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 that's fine. But
1: I wonder how much of this, the NCAA's reaction in denying this, is overtime elite exists as an alternate path, mm-hmm. at least the, is the way that they're kind of positioned themselves, to high level basketball and I imagine other sports as well but basketball is the one that I, I I definitely know of and it seems like what we have here is some dudes went and played an overtime elite and then realized I want to go to school and the NCAA was like nah we're not letting you do that and I wonder if they're doing that not entirely for um you're ineligible just we do not want to we don't want to help facilitate what is happening over there we don't want to legitimize that anyway and make it you know obvious that if you go over there you can't come back over here creating kind of that that choice
0: so part of this is under pressure. Or excuse me. According to the lawsuit, the Beulahs were declared ineligible because the NCAA says they were paid a salary.
1: Okay, so they view it as they view it as you are now a professional, professional. And though, and thus you do not fit within the uh, the fake idea of college amateurism. The, yes. in sports. Uh,
0: according to an email from the NCAA side in the lawsuit, the twins' compensation from overtime elite. Exceeded actual and necessary expenses allowed under the NCAA's rules. They competed for a team that considered itself professional, and they competed with and against other professionals. Which you think about overtime elites, that's kind of the the idea here is you get a chance to play against you know other pros.
1: Yeah, I mean you you want to build yourself and give yourself yeah. uh, the co- type of competition that will develop players into potential pros
0: that's fat that's a fascinating story i'm gonna be interested in following that to absolutely see how that, uh, and you know how you fix that stop pretending
1: like <laughs> these dudes aren't playing and women uh like these yes. folks aren't playing uh professional sports I mean, this is professional <laughs> sports you just refuse to pay them because of the scam
0: because <laughs> that's that is the whole thing with the nil it's not that these players aren't necessarily getting paid they're not getting paid by the individuals who should be paying them.
1: Yeah, they're not getting paid by the institutions that are using their labor. They're Correct. getting paid by other people. And what's funny is that, in theory, they should be getting paid by other people for services rendered over there, but they're getting paid by other people for the services that are rendered by playing the sports for the institutions that refuse to pay them. Correct. And y'all are mad that, oh, man, look at these these schools are using NIL to skirt the rules. Well, the rules are stupid because if you want them to play for you, you should be able to pay them Just to do that. Just pay them.
0: Just pay them. Everywhere
1: else in America, if you want somebody to work somewhere, you pay them to do it. All of a sudden, y'all don't trust in the free market capitalism.
0: Stupid. <laughs> oh, boy. Just got to love the NCAA. Not. Uh, a couple scores in the NBA to get you caught up on real quick. The Bucks get a 110 105 win in their game against the New York Knicks, despite the fact that Jalen Brunson was smoothed off in that game. Uh, the Knicks dropped to 2 and 4. Jalen Brunson. Forty-five points on the night <laughs> in the loss. Oh man, that's not that's not going to help
1: their opportunity to get out of the group stage of the NBA Cup.
0: Uh, no, it's not. Damian Lillard had thirty in the in the in the win. Excuse I'm me. I'm
1: surprised you didn't swat that away as soon as I started saying. Uh,
0: that. Look, I don't even, I don't even it. <laughs> I'm not even worried about it. Um, Heat one twenty-one, one fourteen over the
1: Wizards. Oh yeah, the Zars ain't winning nothing this year. That, gonna, is, that is vibes and cardio over there. That's what they're doing. All vibes and
0: cardio in Washington they're this year. Running and getting up shots. That's all. <laughs> Pacers 121 116 over the Cleveland Cavaliers. Nets get the 109 107 win in Chicago in group play of the NBA Cup. Good luck with that. There's so many headlines here on the Get Right on this Friday night. As we get you ready, for, look, man, I'm excited about this weekend in sports. We've been focused so much on, you know, the Texas Rangers. and What did they do? They won the World Woo! Series that uh, we forgot. Hey, there's other sports happening, including college football this mm. weekend, where my Missouri Tigers got a chance to shock the world. Meanwhile, in Austin, Regis K-State Wildcats have a chance to do the same against Steve Sarkeesian, Malik Murphy, and the Longhorns. What to expect from this weekend in college football? Do it next on the Get Right. Back here on the Get Right with Reggie KG here on 105 through the Fan. I don't know where my headphones are. Oh, you just lost your headphones? I huh? did. They fell on the ground. You can keep talking for me though. Okay, yeah, no problem. It is the Get Right I'm
1: with Reggie KG on 105 through the Fan. I'm out of Tula. That is Kevin Gray. Jr. I got him now.
0: I got him. I looked around. I was like, where are my headphones at? They're like, not around here. You know what? The segment's already
1: started weird, so let's pull the curtain back all the way. During the breaks, especially when there's sports on, what we try and do is we try and utilize those those breaks to actually pay attention to sports. And obviously, we'll have continued conversations that we're having because we're friends and that's what we do. Um, During that particular break, we were watching the very end of the first half of Mavs uh, Nuggets from Ball Arena in Denver. And what we saw was Nikola Jokic. (laughs) Do a madness uh, where he just knocked uh, he knocked down a buzzer beater to end the second half over Derek in Lively. The half, yeah, yeah. Or in the first half, uh-huh. and we just both lost it. I jumped up out of my seat. KG, I'm just, just laughing. He flung himself backwards, and then in that, his headphones decided to fly away. And I then when so. we got back to the microphone, they had still been far away from his broadcast position. That's so right. That that's how that happened. You're now inside our DFW.com or DFWsecurity.com studios with this. Uh,
0: welcome. No laughing matter though. Cause the Mavericks give up 70 points in the first half. Yeah, that's not what you want. That's uh, not what you
1: want. <laughs> I guess that defense rating going to keep creeping down.
0: Uh, yeah. Um, so Mavericks down 70 to 55 at halftime to the Denver Nuggets who shot a whopping 56% from the three point line. It's better than where it started. To go along with the fact that they shot fifty-six percent from the field in the first half. They're getting out rebounded twenty-five to thirteen. Yikes. Big weekend though in college football, though. As it's gonna be a lot of fun. Some really good games in the SEC, the big twelve. Um, what can we look to see this weekend? In college football, for our resident college football sicko, Reginald attitude.
1: That's right. Uh, th- there's a lot of good games around, um, but I kind of want to start talking about this. Have you been keeping up with uh, Michigan and their uh, little the little cheating scandal, the goofiness, the, in, the sign sealing scandal yeah. with uh, Connor Stallions? Mm-hmm. Uh, what well, we learned today that the University of Michigan has officially fired Connor Stallions today.
0: Okay, so apparently, real quick amendment to that. Yes. He decided to quit before they could fire him. Ah,
1: well, look, I think that's what we would all do, right? You can't (laughs) fire me, I quit! I
0: quit!
1: I always got to do that. Um, But yes, it's it's become a really interesting thing. How how interested have you been in this? Because I know uh, it's tough because, look, when it comes to sign stealing, it's kind of a thing that everybody does quietly. But there, you know, there's kind of a game. There's kind of like a respect factor to the game where it's like, hey, man, we understand. In order for this to work, you kind of have to have signs, and so it's like you kind of respect it to a certain degree. But everybody's kind of cheating to try and steal them in a way. But they did this in a blatant way, and they had no shame about it, and so they're getting hit over the head with it. And according to Michigan, they're claiming that the private investigators that ultimately brought this to light may be hired by Ohio State. What? That's that's what Michigan's claiming.
0: Oh, I had not seen that piece of the story. Yes. That's um, that's a rather interesting wrinkle to all of this.
1: Because, of course, college football is a mess.
0: I mean, this that would be the most college football thing. That's why it's happening. That's right. Happening. And I thought I was petty. <laughs> Good point. Um, look, when this story first initially broke, mm-hmm. it didn't really charge me up all that much. But as we've gotten deeper and deeper Cause into...
1: you I don't really care about cheating like that.
0: Uh, well, and apparently as we've come to find out, this is... Fairly common practice in, in a way. college football. Yeah, but the thing about it is when
1: it comes to college football and the rivalries and such, when you do find it, everybody likes to bash that person because, in a way, you don't like. You just don't like the person, right? Yeah. This it, actually comes down to something that happens a lot in sports. How we react to certain things, and honestly, not just sports, but in life, how we react to certain things, especially like supposed malfeasance, really depends a lot on how we, how we view that person, if we like them or that entity, if we like them. Tend to go a little lighter. If we dislike them, yeah. Throw them under the jail.
0: And not a lot of people really get down with Harbaugh in that way. Uh, and Michigan in particular as well. But you're, what's been interesting has been the reaction by the Big Ten itself because it has felt like it has taken the coaches like, hey, hey, Big Ten, can you pay attention to this, please? Can you do something about it? Well, yeah, this? they're all like,
1: look, man, if y'all stop them from going to the uh to the Big Ten <laughs> championship game, maybe we can get in.
0: Yeah, don't let them in. I mean, all right. Ohio State is right now giving Ohio State and Michigan are giving them their best chance, you know, to make the the college football playoff. you remove one of those teams, and let's say Michigan beats Ohio State, you know, in the final game of the regular season,
1: it uh, don't matter Ohio State would then still go to the Big 10 championship game with the game to help, help uh build up the schedule again. See? Or the strike the schedule again. Mm, there you go. No problem. Uh, a lot of big games happening in on the college football uh slate this week, Ohio State is one of those. They're playing against Rutgers. Yes? How, how interested are you? Yes, no?
0: What's the line on that game?
1: That's a great question. Give me one second.
0: I'll get it. Because I would venture to think that Ohio State is probably favored by three touchdowns in that game. 18 and a half. Close. All right. We're there good go. there. There you go. Shout out to Marvin Harrison, Jr. Jr. I love how you just refused. Very uncomfortable. It's Junior. It's not Harvin Marison, okay? It's not, it's not him, okay? It's okay. You can, you can breathe the cybersome. By the way, we're in week 10 of the college football season. Hard to believe that we are actually about to be 10 weeks into the season. And in
1: week 10, we descend upon maybe the, the, the best college sports, Uh, the college best college town is the word I was looking for, mm-hmm. in America, Athens, Georgia, where you're Missouri Woo! Tigers. Woo-hoo-hoo! <laughs> Between the hedges this week. The number 12 Missouri Tigers take on the number two Georgia Bulldogs, where that line is moved to 15 and a half in favor of the Georgia Bulldogs. Tell
0: uh, me. Kevin Gray, make uh, the case as to why
1: the Missouri Tigers are not going to get run all the way
0: down by the Georgia Bulldogs. Uh, so people tend to forget that, you know, Mizzou, has given the Georgia Bulldogs the last time that they were in Columbia, they given them the, uh, one of the best games that they had all season. Of course, on their way to the national championship. Uh, but I have three names for you that are going to hopefully keep the Missouri Tigers in this game. Uh, number one, Brady Cook, terrific quarterback. Well, he's looked a lot
1: better because of those wide receivers that you have.
0: Uh huh. Number one being Luther Burton the third. That's right. If you've not heard of him, you will get introduced to him on Saturday against Georgia, and then. Nice little running back we've got, Cody Schrader. Been really good. Been running the football Been rather really effectively for the Missouri Tigers. But look, man, it's it's a tough, tough team to go and try and beat. If you remember, Georgia had to come back and win that game, 26-22. against the Missouri Tigers. Um, but look, gained, generated five games of 25-plus yards held, and held a 10-point lead with 10 minutes to go before Georgia, of course, came back and won that football game. I'm very interested to see how Eli Drinkwitz and his team responds this week. Best start in the SEC since coming in in 2013. Already bowl eligible, but having a chance if they beat Georgia – to put themselves in the driver's seat to make yes the SEC title game okay. uh, mm-hmm. out of the SECs. Look, so just it's just a fact. from factor. the two
1: one four Missouri taking on Georgia KG only if Georgia quit out of pity from the again on the two one four KG only if Georgia and Missouri swap jerseys before the game.
0: Chill, uh, okay.
1: Opie World. Let's be real, Mizzou's gonna get whopped. and from the uh, the two one four another two one four Georgia by eighteen.
0: All right, I got all the receipts. Thank you. All the receipts. All right, Chair Sandler. All the receipts. No Brock Bowers in this game. That is true. I know Lad McConkey's been playing pretty good football for them. Cooking. He's been cooking. Cooking. He's like,
1: Look, man, y'all can laugh in my name all you want. I'm a I'm a hooper.
0: Bro, they crushed Florida last week. I thought Florida was going to be in that game for a little bit. They crushed Man, Florida. Florida's got issues. All right.
1: Yeah. Some other interesting games to watch across the college football landscape. Mm-hmm. Uh, another SEC game. We talked about it with our friends, uh, David Hellman and Brian Broaddus. LSU takes on Alabama. Woo-hoo. And if you want some offense, there you go. Uh, Jaden Daniels, LSU has been fantastic. Our friend Dave was telling us, I mean, he really should be in consideration, um, maybe on a secondary scale for um, Heisman. Yeah. Yeah. They just be, they, they chuck it, they run it. Well, in cooks. Alabama, all they know how to do is chuck that ball down. Like Jalen Milrow, the only the only offensive thing that we've seen that he does well is throw that ball down the field. And they're like, well, I guess we got to do that. And so <laughs> you want to watch some offense check in LSU Alabama tomorrow. Um, can I, is, is it possible to interest you in the final bedlam of the year? Of the, of, 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 I mean, of the near future? At how
0: least. sad is that? Oklahoma,
1: the- Oklahoma State.
0: Uh, last time we get Bedlam for quite some time, Oklahoma State taking on Oklahoma. Quietly, though, Oklahoma State's starting to put it together a little bit. They're
1: they're finding themselves in a way. Um, the defense is
0: solidified. This is kind of the
1: Oklahoma State that we anticipated seeing at the start of the year before mm-hmm. they had that, uh, the ugliness in the middle. Um, but look, man, there's, something, there's, a, there's a saying about Bedlam. Anything can happen in Bedlam except Oklahoma State winning. Oklahoma can win by a lot. Oklahoma can win by a little. But more and more often than not, and let me tell you, it is more often uh, <laughs> Oklahoma wins that football game.
0: Question is, how does Oklahoma bounce back after a surprising loss on the road in Lawrence? I mean, to a Kansas team that has been good this year. Yes. But you felt like Oklahoma was should have been able to go into Lawrence and get that win. They lose and now really put the Big 12 chances of the college football playoff in real peril. Uh, having lost to Kansas last week,
1: I was going to windsupedia dot com, it's some fun little uh, college football database, and I was going to see what the what the uh, Bedlam record was. And as I was doing that, I looked up and I was like, "Oh, here's the record of historically for Georgia and Missouri." You want to know how many times Missouri's beaten Georgia? That one time. Georgia's won eleven times, buddy.
0: Yeah, the history's not great there. Okay, I, re- I fully recognize that. All right. It's a new day, though. It's a new day.
1: Some other fun games: Washington versus South, uh, sorry, Southern California. They're Pats playing well in LA.
0: Good games this year.
1: These are both teams that have lost a little bit of luster. Mm-hmm. Washington has been just like, oh, the offense is crazy, the defense is solid enough. Both those things have kind of slipped just a little bit in South mm-hmm. uh, Southern California. USC, well, they have Caleb Williams, right? Like that's that's what it seems like. It looks like right now the Alex Grinch defense. It's an Alex Grinch defense. It's, it's horrendous. It's, I don't know why Lincoln Riley has continued to just, you know, be okay with the defense being what it has been. His but, boy. But that's going to be an interesting one. And another interesting one, and I know it sounds crazy because I'm mentioning Arizona, which is not necessarily a good team, but UCLA-Arizona, and it's a rite of passage in the Pac-12. If you're a good team and you go play in Arizona, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be nasty. And there's a possibility Arizona, who has been playing a little bit better of late, could make that really fun. And, of course, I saved this for last because I didn't really want to talk about it. Um, I can mention that they're Miami and NC State is playing. I can mention that Notre Dame and Clemson is actually a good one. Particularly, did you hear Dabo in, on his coach's show go in on a young man who called in and really tried to charge him up?
0: I tried not to listen to Dabo, Sweeney, all that much.
1: Fair enough. Dabo had a point. Uh, the, the young man was asking, how can you justify being paid all that money being 4-4? Four and four? And Dabo lit him up. But what Dabo was basically in that is Clemson was not really – was not really popping until Dabo showed up. He's got some points there. However, if Notre Dame does what I think they will, Dabo ends up being four and five with all that money, and it gets a lot spicier in South Carolina. But the game that I was skipping all this time Kansas State goes in Ooh. to Daryl K. Royal in Austin to face the University of Texas. And Texas, right now, is Big 12's best hope of making it to. Um,
0: Making it to the—I no, got a chance to shock the world and and put Texas out of its misery out of the Big Twelve. And I
1: know Brett Yormark will be wearing his purple. Um, but look, man, Kansas State frequently in the last, in the recent history has gone into Texas and won. That no Quinn Ewers, Malik Murphy is Malik the backup Murphy. who will be going. How do you feel this one? Because look, man, Texas really needs to do this like to remain in the serious category to avoid slipping back into the general unserious place that we uh, typically view them as being how are you looking at this
0: uh they better not take k-state lightly uh they've got some playmakers they love
1: mucking up a game don't they Uh,
0: look if anything kansas state they compete and you know uh, you know better than anybody they got a couple of running backs there will howard a quarterback from they've got some playmakers and
1: avery johnson they started doing the kansas state thing where Mm -hmm. if it starts getting sideways they're like we'll just bring the next quarterback in and we'll have the do the duo uh the dual quarterback system where yeah. one of them throws and the other one runs. Mm-hmm. So they started doing that, which makes it a whole nother level of annoying uh, for, for any opponent that they play.
0: Yeah, Texas and, and and Steve Sarkeesian, they better come ready to play because if if nothing else, K-State will be ready to try and pull off that upset. And I do have Texas on upset alert Ooh. this weekend. Now, the last time I said that. I like Malik Murphy. It almost worked out.
1: But I remember you know. seeing Malik Murphy in their spring game a long time ago. And I was like, "Ooh, I like it." And the first game that he came out and played for to started for Texas, he was okay. He was okay. It was a little so-so. I yeah. hope that he finds his groove because he can be a really good quarterback in his own right. And I, I mean, it takes a lot of cojones for a young man like that to see Quinn Ewers there, Archman to come in and be like, "Nah, I think I can stand in and hopefully get a little bit of shine." And this is his opportunity.
0: Big weekend in college football. Some really, really good ones as we're starting to get now into November. We've got the first iteration of the college football playoff rankings. That were released uh, earlier this week. Nobody needs to talk about those.
1: We don't? Not in my estimation. You know my standpoint. Look, man, why are we doing this? Why do we do a weekly ranking if, in theory, what the whole idea is, you get to the end of the year and you you do the resumes and that's how you rank them. Because the reality is, if you're ranking every week, you're not actually re-ranking every single week. You're doing the thing where you slide someone up and slide someone down. And that always feels stupid to me.
0: Ohio State, Georgia, Michigan, Florida State are your top four teams, followed by Washington, Oregon, Texas, Alabama, Oklahoma. And at number 10, shout out to Lane Kiffin and the Ole Miss Rebels.
1: Solid defense, man. Solid defense for Ole
0: Miss. Uh, Penn State at 11, Mizzou at number 12. That was a joke. Louisville uh, Louisville at 13, (laughs) LSU at 14. Notre Dame rounds out your top 15. Actually, it's not.
1: As I look at the the analytics, it's not it's not the worst defense in the world.
0: So there you go. Uh, as Now, as the season goes on, those are the rankings that you pay attention to, and that's how those teams will be ranked when you're watching the games. They'll be ranked by the college football playoff rankings. So you got the number two, Georgia Bulldogs, taking on the number 12, Missouri Tigers, so on and so forth.
1: Soon to be the number 19, All Missouri right. Tigers.
0: All right. You're still going to be ranked. Don't worry about it. It's the final call next on the get right. Hey, wait a minute. Juan Soto's a free agent this offseason. Is he? Oh yeah, we need to check that. We need to check that. Okay, it's the get right We're Reggie KG here on 105 through the family. I mean, while
1: we're doing that, because we're 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 we got MLB network on and we're in our baseball minds, uh, listen to this sick stuff that KG just told me.
0: <laughs> so, of course, the biggest prize in in MLB free agency this year is Shohei Otani. Mm-hmm. And with your World Series champion Texas Rangers, we know how aggressive Chris Young is. We were you had kind of started this kind of your fault uh, earlier on. We were kind of talking about the idea of what a Shohei Ohtani Rangers lineup would look like, and then as we were looking, you know, going to the break, they were putting together different teams that could fit for Ohtani, you know, the Seattle Mariners that kind of thing. Oh, that's where he's still part of the the Padres. He's Talking about trade offers for. Juan Soto is what we're oh, talking about. He's got bit. arbitration. Okay. Yeah. Um, but let's just put it out there. What if your World Series Texas Rangers did sign Shohei Ohtani? He's going to be a DH all of 2024.
1: Yeah, he's not pitching
0: this next season. <laughs> How would you like this lineup being stacked here? Shohei Otani as your leadoff hitter. You put Marcus Simeon in the two hole with Corey Seager as your third place hitter, Adolis Garcia at four. So you're starting, your first four hitters would go Otani, Simeon, Seager, Garcia to start off a game.
1: It's sick. (laughs) (laughs) Or we can even, I don't know, I don't want you to do that because I was like, you can kind of mix this up by going Otani, Seager, Adolis. And then move Simeon to nine, so that then Simeon can maybe get on base for. But I was like, nah, I don't, I don't know that you want to lessen was, the
0: the at bats for uh, for Simeon. Yeah, and I'm thinking about the protection for Simeon because what do you do when you've got Otani yeah, hitting, leading off, yeah. and you've got Seager behind Simeon with Adolis behind Seager at that point. Like, what do you do?
1: You pitch to them, and you How? Help, hope that your pitcher can do something because this is the thing: putting them on base ain't helping. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That this more speaks to the ridiculous nature of Shohei Ohtani that you could even you could even consider. And
1: you could put him anywhere in the lineup because he's, he's so fast.
0: Yes, like yes. that's the
1: thing that still it still boggles the mind, right? Like he can pitch and all those things, and he's got the you know he's got the power arm that's cool. How tall is that dude? He looked like a solid six five. Gotta be six four six five. He be speeding on the base pass. He's <laughs> so good.
0: Uh, from eight one seven, uh, with Shohei Ohtani six four. Yep fit our culture. Yes. A thousand times yes. I don't see why not.
1: Shohei wants to win ball games. And if there's anything I know from these dudes on this team, they seem about be about that winning, man. Yeah. They're about their business.
0: Like I trust Chris Young to go into a room to have a conversation with one of these free agents because clearly whatever he said to Seager, whatever oh, I mean there was a lot of money on the table. But whatever he said to all these individuals they, they believe in him. You know what I
1: wonder <laughs> if – and I don't know what the exact equivalent would of this would be. When I think of uh, Chris Young, I almost envision Pat Riley and his recruiting techniques. <laughs> you, you've heard the story how Pat Riley would yes. go into free agents and then just take all his rings and put them on the table. Yes. Like, hey. Yes. Look at that. What you trying to do? Like, that's the basically the entirety of the Pat Riley pitch. And now he got a World Series ring to put on the table, too? Yeah. Mm, yeah. Fun times.
0: That's going to be a fascinating offseason in Major League Baseball. The GM meetings on Monday, as Chris Young pointed out today. So, but yeah, all eyes will be on Shohei Otani and where he lands next because he will not be a member of the Angels anymore. At least we don't think so. I mean, if you're Mike Trout, like, what are you thinking at this point?
1: Man, it's so good to be paid. That's what you're thinking.
0: Do you at some point if you're Trout, like, okay, I got to get out of here. Because it doesn't look like the prospects of him winning a World Series championship are anywhere near for him in that organization.
1: No, I I don't know, man. He And he seems to be like, I don't want to say content, but he seems to be like the most, uh, the, the easiest superstar to deal with ever. He's like, look, man, I'm just putting my head down and I'm doing what I need to do. Um, And maybe he might need to get a little selfish for his own benefit and be, demand certain things. Uh, happen so that he does not end up in this place where he's just stuck, man. And obviously, injuries have also hampered him a decent amount outside of just the the mediocrity of the um of the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. But yeah, man, that that's going to be a really interesting perspective. Um, but I keep sorry, I keep looking at one of our Tolos that that texts in every week, and I don't know if you've noticed KG. We've had a few people or this this Tolo that have texted in maybe like three weeks in a row with a bold prediction for the weekend in NFL football, and it's been right. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. And so I just want to put this out here just in case anybody wants to follow along with our friend from the 214, whose bull prediction this week is Seahawks over Ravens and Jets over Chargers.
0: I mean, the Chargers was not a stretch because, you know, they're the Chargers. And they do be charging. Uh The Seahawks-Ravens one, that would be a um – um a nice little upset there. Well,
1: I mean, I feel like I, I see how it could happen if 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 Lamar's receivers get back to dropping this football. It could very quickly end up in that place again. Yeah. Because it's a solid defense from the Seattle Seahawks. So if you're not taking the chances that you have and then they take away the rest of them, what you going to
0: do? Okay, that's nasty work, 972. Imagine this lineup. Otani, Simeon, Seager, Garcia, Young, Carter, Lowe, Jonah and Wyatt Langford. <laughs> you might as well cancel Christmas. <laughs> like, come on, man! Uh, you might as well cancel Christmas. If we, if Wyatt Langford is the guy that we think he's going to be when he gets up here to the MLB level, it's curtains, curtains. It's gonna, that that's a nat, that's nasty word. Nine seven two. I like what you're doing there, though. Uh, shout out to Patrick Schwarzenegger. Who? Patrick Schwarzenegger. He's set to play Tim Tebow in FX's American Sports Story, which will focus on the rise and fall of Aaron Hernandez, who will be played by Josh Andreas Rivera, according to Variety.
1: I can be sold. I can be sold on this because one thing about it, who plays Percy Harvin? Uh, that's a great question. Right, like cuz this is my thing. <laughs> what, what that Netflix doc would not give you, which is let's talk about these stories. Right. I would love the dramatization of these stories. Yes, show me Percy Harvin fighting a strength coach. <laughs> I would like to see it. Um, you know what I mean? Like yes. And if I if I could take it back, you remember when uh when FX did their American crime a uh, horror story or American crime story I think or whatever it was on the OJ Oh, where yeah. They had, uh, where they had your man Cuba Gooden Jr. playing OJ. OJ? Yeah. Hilarious. Oh yeah. But also riveting. Give me that with maybe one of the most hectic and crazy college football teams of the last 20 years. Sign me up.
0: Yeah, the 2008 Florida Gators. Whew, wild times around there. Sign me up. Uh, appreciate David Helmut of Fox Sports for joining us. Be the Boomerjacks Bar and Grill Hotline. Staying with Brian Broadis as well. We'll be back on Monday. We're back to full shows every single day, Monday through Friday, 7 to 11, here on the Get Right as we continue to celebrate the Texas Rangers yes, right. as World Series champions. For Ross Lebinski, my partner, Reginald Atatula, my name is Kevin Gray. This has been the Get Right or Reginald KG right here on one hundred and five through The Fan. Y'all be good, and we'll talk to you next week. Be easy. Peace.